Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with fractional executive and business consultant Nick Gosling. He optimizes specialty B2C companies for greater bottom line impact. His practical approach emphasizes identifying realistic actions that business leaders will actually take. Nick is frequently quoted in the business press and previously held leadership positions in multiple B2C companies. He currently resides in Houston with his wife and dog. Enjoy this interview. Well, hey, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out today for the show. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Thank you. You bet. Before we get into your life as an executive and consultant, I want to know, the last three years with COVID was quite a thing. How did you survive that time period, and how does it change you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously had a profound impact on pretty much everyone worldwide, right? I don't think any of us were unaffected or unchanged by it. You know, for me, uh, at, at the time, I had, I had been married just about one year uh, when COVID started. So it was kind of fairly early in my marriage. Uh, and, you know, prior to that, I had traveled a lot for work. And so, you know, I was on the road one, two, sometimes two and a half, three weeks out of the month. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, we were just kind of locked down and couldn't travel. And so I was working from home all the time. Uh, and so, you know, that, that posed some interesting dynamics, uh, relationally. I think it was ultimately a positive thing for us. Um, and and since then, I haven't been traveling as much. So I think it was, you know, a, a good thing for, for my marriage in a way. But gosh, just being able to, uh, or, or happening to, to cope with all the changes, um, not only on a business side, but just the, the way it kind of impacts your life. Now, being in Texas, because uh, we, we live in Houston, the Houston area, uh, we, we weren't locked down as long as some people. So I guess in, in that respect, it, it wasn't necessarily as, as, as big of an impact. But, but it was still, you know, just it's, it's kind of a forced us all into a whole new way of, of looking at things and how to be productive and valuing social time, actual face-to-face -face interaction with another person that we really didn't get. Um, and, you know, me even being a, being an introvert, I mean, it was still an impact, you know, uh, not being able to have some of that, some of that interaction. So, you know, I think in retrospect, we're what, three and a half years on now, things are mostly back to normal. But, you know, some of the, the changes that have happened, um, particularly in the workplace and what we're seeing now with the, the whole remote dynamic and how workers are kind of pushing back against return to office mandates. It's, it's fundamentally changed the global economy um, in some really interesting ways. So let's get to the essence of exactly what you do for a living. If I was to put you in front of a bunch of third graders and one of the kids looked up and said, hey, what do you do for a living? How would you answer them? Well, to, uh, to that kind of an audience, I'd say I help make companies run better so that they can help more people. Uh, and so that would be my very simplified to a third grader answer. Uh, my you know, professional answer is I optimize specialty business to consumer companies uh, for greater 
profitability and bottom line impact. Uh, so the, the the way I do that is uh, through work that would essentially be considered kind of like a fractional COO, which, you know, part an interim or part time chief operating officer. I improve processes, uh, align departments, and help make sure that things are running efficiently and not falling through the cracks. So when you were in the third grade, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? You know, <laughs> growing up, I had always planned on being an attorney. And there actually is video somewhere, maybe my mom has it, uh, from like the early 90s uh, where I th they did this thing on the local news where they had some of the school kids kind of come on and say what their school was having for lunch that day and then what they wanted to be when they grew up. And so there's video of me on the news, you know, saying what we had for lunch that day and I want to be an attorney, you know, when I was, what, second, first or second grade or something like that at the time. And so that was always kind of the plan. Um, and I even, all the way up through high school, I went to uh, a, a magnet school, you know, like more of an advanced high school that had a law program. And so I took pre-law classes for three years. Uh, and then by the time I got to college, I just kind of dropped interest in that and wound up going in another direction and ultimately wound up in business. But the interesting thing is that even in business, I've still done a lot of stuff that is very legal adjacent. So a lot of things in like compliance initiatives and commercial terms and contract negotiations. Uh, so I, I, I still do quite a bit of that for clients even today. Uh, so I, I guess I wound up sort of doing that work just in a different capacity other than being an attorney. So let's go back to where you were born and raised. What were some of these seeds that were put into you to want to do this work and, and, and to be, you know, just how did all this happen? You know, it, it really wasn't planned. It just kind of uh, developed as, as these things sometimes do. I, I, I'm from Las Vegas, which was an interesting place to grow up. Um, but it's actually, you know, People have these weird perceptions of it. it. It's fairly normal to grow up there when you're off the strip. I mean, there's some things you get used to, like having 24-hour access to certain things rest and certain quality of restaurants and all that. But really, it's a fairly normal city uh, outside of where all the casinos are. Um, so that's where I grew up and lived there for most of my life until I moved to Texas. Uh, and... You know, my my mom was always uh, pushing me to perform really well, you know, so she was the one who was really into my schoolwork and staying on top of that and making sure I was a high performer. And, you know, my, my dad uh, was very well liked in his line of work. He was in the hospitality business in various leadership capacities over the years, and Everybody loved him. And some of what I think I maybe observed from him, even though I didn't really understand it at the time, sort of instilled some of those business lessons in me, like about the value of people that I still carry to this day. And I, I'd say 
really probably the, the third major influence was uh, an uncle of mine who, uh, gosh, he's, he's in his 80s now, but he was a really profound mentor to me in a lot of ways. You know, we would have complex discussions for hours and hours on all types of topics, philosophy and economics and all sorts of things. But he had been a successful entrepreneur um, in the uh, industrial space in Wyoming and Montana and that whole Mountain West region back like in the in the 60s and 70s. And so really just kind of learning some things from him also I would say put me on put me on kind of a path towards a business career. So who would you consider a hero for you? Who was really an ultimate inspiration to be who you are today? Yeah, I mean it's it, it it's a lot of different, you know, it's influenced by a lot of different people. Um and and like my uncle there that I mentioned was was certainly uh, a major influence, you know, really one of the profound impacts on my life um, was when I was a senior in high school, I, uh, I lost my best friend to a car accident. And so that was really one of the, you know, pivotal moments of my life because um, it's always kind of like, hey, you never think that's going to happen to you or somebody you know. And so it was like losing a brother. Um, and... You know, that that really was just a profound moment for me to sort of consider what's, you know, what's really important in life. And, and I think it's really sort of shaped kind of how I approach business and my goals of helping people through, through business, which is really um, something I place a high premium on. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? Huh. You know, that's that's interesting because there's a lot of people that I think I'd I'd like to meet. Um, and the funny thing is, like, there's some people I'd like to meet who I probably could if I put in the effort to do it. Uh, and just, you know, because of other constraints of, of work and family obligations, I just haven't. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. But I guess if I were just going to wave a magic wand, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably pick someone like, uh, like a Warren Buffett or, or a Marcus Lemonis or somebody who's been like a profound uh, mover and shaker in business, uh, and just be able to kind of, I guess, learn from them a little bit uh, beyond what they present in their public materials. And who knows, maybe there's some business opportunity there I can look at. Uh, so I guess if I'm being purely utilitarian about it, that would be my, uh, that would be my answer. So what has been one of your best client success stories you've been a part of? Yeah, so, you know, I have had a pretty eclectic career. Um, and as far as the the consulting and fractional COO work, I'm I'm really just about a year into that. Uh, prior to that, I'd been an executive in a uh, very large multi-billion-dollar specialty retailer, um, and prior to that, had been in venture capital as an entrepreneur, and, and before that, was uh, in 
in the food and beverage space, particularly specialty beverage as an executive there. So the the consulting work, purely consulting work, uh, I'm I'm about a year in. And you know, I'm I'm doing some really interesting stuff in terms of uh, commercial commercial terms and, and contracts, streamlining commercial terms on behalf of uh, on behalf of a client that I think has been been very very fruitful is making a lot of positive impact for that client. Uh, I have another one I'm working with that is in the publishing business and uh, direct to consumer publishing. I'm serving as a fractional COO there. Uh, setting up logistics, setting up all the back-end operations. You know, the the client, great guy, uh, very smart, very talented. Um, he's the author of these of of this his own line of books, uh, but he had no really no sense for how to run the operations and the back end of the business. Uh, so I'm getting to build all that for him, and it's you know really really cool and exciting to uh, to see that. And I, I know he's. Um, he values it highly, and it, it's going to be great for him to be able to get his message out through his books. So of all the things that you've done in your life up to this point, what are you the proudest of? Huh. You know, I. Um, it's, it's an interesting question. Like, because I guess you could say on the one hand, it, it seems like I've, I've done quite a bit of stuff. Uh, but I don't feel like any of it is something that I would say I'm like maybe maybe I just don't like using the word pride. I don't know. Maybe that's just a personal preference. But I guess I'm I'm very grateful, you know, for my family, for my wife, um, and sort of being able to just just get to that point that you know that I that I've built out a family here, um, and that that's probably the most significant thing to me on a on a personal level. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into a much younger version of yourself, say in your 20s, and you could give that younger version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained up to this point in life. What would you tell that young version of you? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I guess I would say something along the lines of you know, really try to see the best in people, um, and have have an understanding that you know everybody everybody has unique challenges and things that that nobody else can necessarily understand. Like we all we all have like nobody knows us as well as ourselves, right? And so being able to just sort of recognize that and show empathy towards other people, uh, even if they're, you know, irritating you or or even coming at you uh, with something, you know, being able to just sort of calm down and, and have some type of em- empathy, uh, I, I think is, is really important and something that the world needs a lot more of. You know, even when we disagree, uh, it's, it's helpful to really try to humanize whoever's on the other side of, of the conversation and uh, realize, hey, we're just, we're just all trying to do our best and uh, hopefully make a positive impact in the world. And I think, you know, that's, that's an understanding that I've gained 
over the years that was probably lost on me when I was much younger. So, Nick, everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Huh. You know, um, that, 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 that's, a good, that's a good philosophical question, I think, because kind of as we go through life, we're, we're discovering who we are and, and who that is can maybe change with time. Uh, so, you know, looking at it today, who would I say um, that I that I am? I'd, I'd say I'm someone who is trying to put good into the world through my skills, um, through business, um, who ultimately just wants to put, like, have a loving impact towards other people. And I think that the market and, and good business and serving customers and employees uh, through good, pra good business practices is really one of the most powerful tools we have to do that. It's one of the things that kind of inspires me in, in business is that, you know, business has, for, for some reason, uh, has, has a bad reputation in some circles, as if it's just all about Hey, how how greedy can we be and, and exploitive? And that's not how I see it at all. You know, I see it as a, a, a tool for serving other people um, and producing goods and services for other people that make their lives better. And so that's kind of, I think, a big part of my my mission in life, as I would define it today. If anyone out there wants to learn more about you, hire you, anything about your business and world, where can they go? Yeah, so everything you need to connect with me is on nickgosling.com. It's G-A-U-S-L-I-N-G. Uh, so on there, you can sign up for my free business newsletter. That's a great way to stay in contact. You can hit me up on LinkedIn. And, you know, if, if you're in a specialty business-to-consumer company and, you know, you're looking for help, uh, you can also schedule a uh, a free meeting with me on there, and we can talk about your business and see if there's a way to work together. So everything everybody needs is on uh, nickgosling.com. Right on. This has been great, Nick. Thank you so much for being flexible. Thank you for your time. Best of luck with everything. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>